Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. Hey, and I'm John. Howdy, partner. John, you tired today? No, I'm not. (laughs) I was laughing because you were rubbing your eyes as I was saying that intro, and I was like, oh god, it's going to be a long episode. (laughs) No, no. Thanks, Zach. If I wasn't self-conscious about the bags under my eyes already having to look at myself for an hour in this podcast, now I definitely am. No, it's allergies. I was actually thinking like one minute before you started, oh, I should have taken some allergy meds today. But Oh, my bad. My eyes get real puffy. Dude, no, if you okay. want to run and go take no, some, I can no, cut Zach. it out. No, no. Leave it in. The webheads deserve to know that my eyes look puffy today. I didn't think they did. I just thought you were you were rubbing them. I oh, think okay. you look great. Thanks. Thanks. You look great too, per usual. How's your week been? <laughs> My week has been pretty good. How about yours? Um, it's also been pretty good. I know some sometimes we just come on here and talk about our cats. Uh but my poor Percy actually has been having some issues. He's got some like chin acne going on. And uh I ended up having to take him to the vet today, so he got a couple shots. Hopefully he's doing better. Yeah, they say mm-hmm. that the, the shots should just fix it right up. I think so, but it was kind of bad. So I I got some meds for him like three days ago and just like some wipes and it's gotten worse, not better. Ooh. So that's why I took him in today. So, but I think it is going to be better. Um, okay. Yeah. I hope I'm so. Well, I'm feeling confident after the vet appointment, but it's, yeah. not, it's not that serious. It's not serious, you know, so, so you don't have to worry. The webheads don't have to worry. Whew. That's just Good. what I did today. I took yeah. my cat to the vet. Uh, how's the little baby? Do we have a name for him yet? The little baby is good. He's running around the room in here now. Maybe that's um, his name, Lil Baby. Isn't that a rapper? Well, I don't, I don't keep up with with the rap music that the kids are listening to. Um, I couldn't really think of a name for him, so I think he's not really going to have a name. But then I was like, but then I was just looking at him, and I and the name popped into my head, and it just made me laugh. So I think I'm going to go with it. Okay, Kitty McCatface. No. Voldemort. <laughs> he's Voldemort. What what do you think of that? Not because he's like evil or anything, just because I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. I mean he's your cat man, you do you. Uh but I don't think I'd ever call him that. That's the thing. I always just call him like Black Cat or Chubbs or Buster, or, you know. <laughs> so it's not like he'll really have a name. It'll be a name only. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm still not decided. Listeners, listeners keep sending any, in yeah. those suggestions. Yeah, do it. John's stumped on this one. I am. He's going to be Voldemort if nobody says anything. <laughs> Speaking of being stumped, I saw Fallout Boy last week. Oh, yeah. The How singer's was it? Patrick Stump. Um, it was good. They... They played longer than I've ever seen them play before. They played a lot of their deep cuts, a lot of their old stuff, which I loved. But yeah, this was all to lead into the fact that 
they they didn't ignore we didn't start the fire and they didn't have the guts to play that travesty live but they piped it in before their set and they also piped in the middle by jimmy world which it's like while that's a good song i'm like why are we piping in two songs when you could use that exact same length of time to play two more of your own songs and then they also did a don't stop believing cover and they also did a crazy train cover and i know they were already playing more than they were supposed to like than they normally would and i know they were already giving me a lot of the you know older deep cuts that i wanted but i just couldn't shake the feeling coming away that that was like four more deep cuts i could have got if they had just cut all that extra stuff yeah so let okay let me ask you you said they played those two songs before the the concert started like so was piped- it just like as it was they were setting up and they were playing these songs like over the speakers while they were like setting up or something. Yeah. Their stuff was already set up. They were, they were, everything was ready to go. They were just chilling backstage until the songs ended. And they just like, like on an iPad. Well, or something, they didn't want to just come out, you know, uh, like they wanted a little, uh, I'm trying to think of, a way to say this like Fanfare, non-sexual in, in pomp and like they wanted to like you know they didn't want to come out raw they wanted it's like an opener for a band well they, they had, had openers they had yes, they had bring me the horizon what more do you want than that okay okay I, I i guess i understand that i don't know why they wouldn't play the we didn't start the fire and yeah I, I wonder why they did pick the middle see i think it's always really fun when i go and see shows and the bands play covers of like good good songs that they didn't sing so i'm not with you on that one when you said they played don't stop believing i was like oh i bet that was really fun you have to keep in mind i've seen so many live bands and like all of them think it's the cool thing to play cover (laughs) and it's always the same songs yeah and also Uh, if it's a band that you grew up with and is like like their early stuff is like your some of your favorite stuff ever And they never play the early stuff. And this was like the tour where they were supposed to play a lot of the early stuff. You don't want to hear Don't Stop Believing. You want them to squeeze in one more song, you know. Yeah, that's true. So what was the finale? Um, it They always have the same finale. It's Saturday. It's um, from their first album. And they have the same gimmick. They like shoot off confetti. And Pete Wentz gets into the crowd. I, oh. I knew that was going to happen. I've been part of that before. Well, that's really fun. Yeah. Huh. It it sounds like I'm dissing. No, the, it doesn't. It was it a good doesn't. time. Oh, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. The old the older songs the better. That's like when my sister just went to see the Taylor Swift thing and it was the Eras tour so she like played stuff from all the different eras and that's all I would have wanted to hear was the old stuff. So, my buddy Max Clausen, he said this was Fall Out Boy's Eras tour. Oh, yeah. And I think he's right, because they they played like three or four songs from every album. Nice. Um, Dude, I've been, dude, I've been watching, uh, I've been watching these like true crime um, interrogations that are just like public and man, some of these people, one specifically that I was watching, it was this like incel guy which i'm sure you know what that term means 
like right. Eddie Brock. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. It was like exactly like that. And in the interrogation, he's like talking to the police and he's like, well, I, and of course he went out and like killed some people. And then, and then he was talking to the police and he's like, well, you know, the incels had the chads have us down and the stacys and we need to do this for the stacys and the chads and the normies and he's like explaining this to all of to the officer as normal as as anything and man like these it, internet it, terms exist it made in the me, real it world it made me feel bad for knowing what all of these things were without him without him having to explain it i'm like i'm embarrassed that i that I that I that I even know what all these things are. Should um, we talk about Spider Man? I, I do actually have some more stuff, but we could wait till the end to get into it. I'm gonna do my one thing because I have a goldfish brain and it's gonna get bumped another week if I forget. Um so I meant to mention this last week when we potted, and as soon as we got off, I was like, oh crap, I didn't say anything. So it's a little bit dated, but uh did you pay attention to the MLB draft that was like two weeks ago? Nope. Okay. I bring this up. I'm not a baseball I guy. I can't either. wait to hear why. Yeah. Number one comic book podcast for sports fans, folks. Mm-hmm. And so the, the number one sports podcast for comic book fans. Yeah. we It cuts both ways. Yeah. Uh, so the first two picks were like from whatever team won the national championship um in college <laughs> that doesn't seem was, fair oh yeah. okay 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 in college yeah it was like auburn i think okay um and then the third pick was a high schooler out of my alma mater franklin community high school let's go in sleepy little franklin indiana <laughs> his name's max clark apparently he has like more instagram followers than like some of the stars of the MLB just he built a following throughout high school. I I actually went to school with his brother, Mason. He was a year ahead of me. So I had no idea. There was like a kid in my hometown. (laughs) that was like Wikipedia. He's got a Wikipedia. He's got a fan base. I'm telling you he in high school, he had like, little kids surrounding him asking him for autographs after games he's has like oh i'm sure he has like a youtube documentary crew following him around right now like i don't wow. know how i didn't know about him while he was like on the rise but my city did well, like he a, would have been like a fifth grader right no i mean like these past four years oh yeah like because <laughs> clearly people around here knew that he was gonna be a high draft pick but i just oh, didn't well, hear about really it cool that's until really it happened cool. but my city did like a draft yeah, it would have been cool to go, to go like watch their games i know? wish i had yeah because yeah. now people are going to be paying hundreds of dollars to do it and i yeah. could have just driven five minutes and paid 10 bucks yeah oh that is cool well that um and i saw is, yeah on the day yeah. of his like draft event he was in like two limos or something or like a limo and a van it's already going to his head and i well i saw this limo and this van pass by my house and i was like huh wonder what that's for and then (laughs) i found out and i saw on instagram that same limo and van like pulling up to the the park and like all these people being gathered around to celebrate him 
So oh. I just want to say I'm uh, now a big Max Clark fan. Yeah, what team does he play for? Detroit Tigers. I'm now Let's a big De- Detroit Tigers fan. And I just told you to watch the show The Detroiters last week. I know. I don't exactly. know why that didn't for it. jog yep. my memory when it you said it. It is so funny. I'm telling you, it is so funny. That does remind me. Did you know that I grew up with like my rival high school, but the one that my best friends went to? So like it was kind of like the high school that I went to sort of um, was Greg Oden's school. So he and Mike Connolly were playing when I was like, when I was a freshman, they were seniors, but we knew that they were going to be stars their whole time. You know, they won the high school championship four years in a row and like went undefeated. So, um, so we did like go to their games and watch them. And I know I've got, I've got Greg Oden's autograph in like a playbook and it's just perfect cursive, like a high schooler who's like, you know, Greg Oden, number <laughs> 50. And it's yeah. I'm funny. sure that changed throughout his career. Well, imagine, yeah, I know. But imagine if that was like Kevin Durant. That'd be worth some money, probably. Imagine if Greg Oden was Kevin Durant. It was it was close. Let's let's get into this. I have some things to say about these issues. But first, a word from the Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. Okay, well, we're back. And we are on issue 45 and 46 when I opened my Marvel Unlimited app, right before we hopped on to record this, I, for like a split second, made myself really nervous because the front page comic is the Sinister Six. And I was like, oh my gosh, I read the wrong issues this week. We were supposed to read like some Sinister Six thing this week. But that's next week, I think, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Okay. So issue 45 it's called Guilt. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art Bear, colored by Transparency Digital, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. We open on Aunt May in a therapy session. The therapist asks her about Peter, and May starts describing her perspective of what happened after the last issue ended. So she caught Peter sneaking into the basement. But she, after- also, she also says there was some kind of incident at another school. And I think that's a hilarious way to describe somebody blowing up cars at like a school that's only a couple of blocks away. It's like there was some incident at the other school. This would be front page news. She wouldn't even have to tell the therapist about it. Well, in our world, and and how did you and how were you affected by the bombing that happened at the school next door? In our world, it'd be front page news, but in Marvel, New York. That's true. I have to, yeah. There was probably something worse going on uptown that same moment. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. But so May May caught Peter sneaking into the basement after she'd been looking for him all day. And she asks him where he had been. 
and before he could answer, she grabbed his backpack and ripped it away from him. And she opened his backpack and for a second were led to believe she saw his Spider-Man suit. But instead, a book falls out onto the ground. And Peter told her uh, he was at a food court reading it. And he said he skipped geometry to go read it because he's already ahead in his geometry class and didn't want to just sit there with nothing to do. And May told him, you scared me to death, Peter. I thought you were dead. And she sat down with her face in her hands, crying. He's getting pretty good at lying. Did this one without any sweat at all. Yeah. And he's getting good at it, too. He kind of got lucky that the book fell out of the backpack. He has tears in his eyes at one point in the scene. But other than that, he looks pretty unbothered lying to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the therapist asks if she thinks Peter is lying and was doing something else, like taking drugs. And Maeve resoundingly says, no, she's not worried about that. And she says, this is embarrassing to say out loud. It's Spider-Man. She says, a couple of weeks ago, she was out shopping on her lunch break. And we see the rollerblading thieves Peter took down in issue 22, which was episode 12 of this show. Okay. Did these rollerblading thieves, are these the guys that kept saying like some weird thing over and over again? And Twice as sweet as money earned. Twice as sweet as they said it like 12 times. Oh my and gosh. I'm so, did you go back and look at that or did you remember it? In my notes, I was like, <laughs> I should probably reference where we saw these guys. How am I going to find them? I don't want to flip through all these issues or listen to the episodes. And I Googled Ultimate Spider-Man twice as sweet as money earned. <laughs> and it came up with the issue. That is so funny. Yeah, I remembered that they were saying something weird, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Fun blast from the past. Yep. Well, in this retcon, Aunt May was in the crowd that day and saw Spider-Man fight the thieves and complain about getting out of the Taco Bell line for this, which I thought was funny that they left yep. that line in, in this comic. Yep. And one of the th thieves crashed through the window of a storefront next to her, and the event seems to have shaken her up. Back in the present... May says that it bothers her that this is the world she and Peter have to live in. She says every time he leaves the house, she has to worry that he'll be caught in the crossfire of Spider-Man or some mutant. And the therapist asks May what it is about Spider-Man that preoccupies her so much. And she says, I hear his name every day now. My neighbor thinks he lives in our neighborhood. I don't know what it is about him per se, but I just don't want it. I don't want Spider-Man in my life. And she continues to recount the way Spider-Man has affected her life, citing his battle at Midtown with the Green Goblin, Captain Stacy's death, and the person who caught Ben's killer before the police could. And she says it's beyond her to understand why someone would dress up in a costume and do those things. And she tells the therapist she's not mad at Peter for reading the book or even for skipping class. She just feels guilty for yelling at him because she thought Spider-Man did something to hurt him. And we find out that May also feels guilty for even seeing this therapist. Okay, do we do we want to touch on the Spider-Man stuff? Do you want to give your thoughts on, on this? I want to hear yours. 
I think it's really silly because I don't know. It just feels kind of forced. Like, would would this actually happen to this woman? Hasn't she only seen Spider Man do good things? And I don't I don't know. It just feels silly to me to go to therapy and be like, I'm scared of the superhero, you know? Um or like I'm scared that this superhero is going to affect my teenage son. We always say New York City, it's a big place, you know. So I don't know. She but should either not is... care about it or she should know that it's Peter. <laughs> She's Maybe also like, she should know that Spider-Man it's Peter. Keeps, Spider-Man keeps following me around. Peter's always talking about him, and he's at Peter's school, and someone said he lives in the neighborhood, and Peter's always in his basement. Like, I, I don't know. It's just like, I don't Gee, know. he pops up at the Daily Bugle building a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the one thing that, like, it's like she feels like, what's a horror movie where someone keeps like getting followed by something that like they only they like know that they're being followed by it it follows maybe would be (laughs) but that's like how she sees spider-man he's just like following her and and the stuff about captain stacy that's a bummer of a coincidence for sure you know that's the only real like thing that lends her theory credence is like even out in new jersey spider-man killed this new man that she was like talking to but anyway what do you think about all this i mean there's like a there's a narrative and historical necessity for aunt may to distrust spider-man because she did in the original comics and also because that's where part of the tension comes from you know is it's yeah it's easier to tell stories where she doesn't realize it's Peter and she doesn't like Spider-Man. So it's harder for him to tell her, you know? Yeah. But I'll, and I'll get to this later. This feels like a very shoehorned, convenient and not really engaging way to just info dump all this onto us by having her say it in therapy, the entire issue. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not trickling out organically over, little lines across multiple issues like Liz Allen. Liz Allen has maybe said 10 things this whole series and all of it has led us to understand she doesn't like mutants. They could have done that with that's not true. That's not true. Her uncle does not exactly. Yeah. She has no Zach. Don't bring your mutant this into here. Okay. Um, but no, I know what you mean, and that is true. You know, she's just sitting here, like, telling us a bunch of stuff. And and I would say most of it are things that I never would have thought about her character coming into this issue. So I think a lot of this issue feels like it's, like, bad characterization, kind of. But she's talking to her therapist, so maybe she's just, like, being, like, honest. But... I, I I don't know. All this stuff about Spider-Man kind of seems to come out of nowhere. Like we could have had a couple other scenes in previous issues of her in the kitchen, like talking about Spider-Man to, to Gwen or Peter or something like that. And then, you know, you haven't even touched on something that you're probably about to that. I, that I think really came out of nowhere. So I don't know if you want to just like go to it or yeah. Yeah, I can. But I think real quick, I think you, 
maybe hit on something and and just you know brush past it real quick um i don't think it's bad characterization that this is coming out all at once i think it was an oversight that they weren't sprinkling it in earlier because i feel like bendis knows the original material pretty well i feel like he's riffing off of that and i feel like he has somewhere he wants to take aunt may story-wise and he realized he hadn't set it up at all across any of the other issues and so now he's overcorrecting for that yeah i would think that one thing i don't really like about spider-man in a lot of things is that he always seems to be the villain and i don't know why because no other heroes get that sort of villain treatment by like everyone around them but spider-man is always like aunt I mean, may x-men you know, do. aunt may hates okay yeah yeah that's true but like do you know what i'm saying i get i get like, what you're why saying may be scared of spider-man in what world does it make sense that Iron Man is like kind of celebrated, but Spider Man wouldn't be? Or the Fantastic yeah. Four are like celebrities, but people yeah. hate the X Men. Like they're the, or they do the same stuff. Yeah. Or imagine going into therapy and, you know, superheroes are real in this universe that you're going to therapy in. And, and you're like, Doc, I just feel like Batman is following me around everywhere I go. Like, I'm just so terrified he's going to jump out and get me or my family. They'd be like, that's, I don't know what they'd say. Well, the kicker it's therapy, is, so they can't call you crazy. The kicker it of it is, is uh, super villains exist too. Like, yeah, it would be justifiable to be scared of, you know, Dr. Octopus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that That's a reality you know, in this world too is, Hey, like a freaking sand monster can enter my mouth and push out yeah. and make me explode. <laughs> That's true. Maybe that happens in the next issue. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know why I thought of that actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, may feels guilty for seeing this therapist and it's because 10 years ago when her sister died, she didn't see a therapist. And even when Ben was killed right in front of her, she didn't see a therapist. And we learned that she only started seeing a therapist when George Stacy died. And the therapist asks her to continue this thought. And Aunt May starts talking about Gwen. And she says, I'm using her. There's no other way to say it. The girl loses her father. Her mother abandons her. I take her in. I say out of the goodness of my heart. But really, she's there for me, not for her, for me. She's there to give me something to do in the hour and a half in the evening, where if I stop moving for a second, I'll be left alone with my thoughts. And she tells the therapist about the tape Peter found of the picnic and says when she saw it, she realized all the people in it besides her and Peter are dead now and made her feel alone. And the therapist reminds her that she's not alone. She has Peter. And May says, I push Peter away. Every chance I get to tell him to leave the house, I push him out the door. And when he comes home, I attack and accuse him. And she mentions Mary Jane and says, Peter doesn't know this, but May checks on him every night while he's asleep. And she knows that lately, P- 
Peter has been crawling out of his window and running down the street to be with Mary Jane. And May says, I let him do whatever he wants. And I pride myself on being so free and open with him, letting him grow. And then I attack him for using the freedom I offer him. But I know the truth. I know that I'm pushing him away from me on purpose because if he gets too close to me, he'll die just like everyone else. And she admits after she says it, that she knows that sounds illogical. And she then says, I'm not a good person. Don't you see? I'm pushing away people I love and giving my affection to total strangers. And the therapist tells May she's being unusually hard on herself. And she says that May has been dealing with a lot of tragedies and the way she chose to deal with them was by helping someone. She says, you probably saved that girl's life. Do you need her as much as she needs you? Maybe. And you know what? That's what part of a society is. People need each other. It's okay. Okay. Can we uh, converse? Yes. Okay. I didn't like a lot of what was on the like last six or seven pages or whatever that you very beautifully um, summarized. Because this is what I, I think Aunt May is being really hard on herself. And just because the therapist points that out doesn't mean that it's not something. I don't know why she would say all that mean stuff about her and Gwen, you know. She's not just being hard on herself. She's being mean almost to herself and to Gwen. And I don't believe her either. Yeah. It's like, for whatever reason, she finds it easier to vilify herself and hate herself than to, like, tell the truth. Do you think when Captain Stacy died, she was like, I'm going to invite Gwen in so I'm not lonely? Or do you think she was like, I'm, you know, Gwen doesn't have anywhere to live and her mom doesn't want her. And her, like, you know, I, I just think that, yeah, she's being hard on herself. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she really needs this therapy session because she, she was being really like mean to herself in it. And I, I just don't like that. Yeah, you're right. We even saw her try to get in contact with Gwen's mom. And we saw Gwen's mom say like, like, no, I don't want her. So it's not yeah. like she was just like, oh, cool, a kid I can take in? Awesome. Yeah. And and I she also was the last resort. That, yeah. She was. And I also think that um Peter's driving her crazy by not telling her his secret. Like she's literally going insane. I'm so glad you said that because I was gonna say at some <laughs> point he doesn't realize it, but he has actually gaslit her. I know. Like, I, well, yeah. I wasn't going to use that word, but yeah. I mean, put it simply, gaslighting is like basically convincing someone else that they're crazy, they're bad, they're the problem, and doing it, like creating a false reality. She just told this therapist, I'm a bad person, I'm crazy, I'm pushing him away, it's my fault. I and yell she's at like him. going crazy literally because she thinks Spider-Man is like following their lives unknown that it's her nephew. Yeah. Nephew who she's so worried about is like Spider-Man and 
yeah, now she does go in and check on him every night. Like, dude, she's like going crazy. Like, I know I've said that a bunch of times now, but if that were my mom, she would. If I don't respond to my mom's text today at 32 years old, she panics. So if I were like gone every night when I was a teenager and like, I just feel bad for her. So the therapist says that May should probably talk to Peter about this because he's sharing the same trauma and might share a lot of the same feelings and it might bring them closer. And we then get a brief moment where the therapist confirms that May had romantic feelings for Captain Stacy and applauds her for being able to move on after Ben's death. So we had kind of suspected that she had a crush on him, but now we know for sure. And when May comes home, she finds Peter in his bathrobe getting a snack. And May asks him if he wants to go on a date with his aunt and offers to take him to a movie theater where they serve pizza. And Peter says he has homework and May tells him to blow it off for one night. And Peter excitedly runs upstairs to get changed and May smiles. Oh, I know. Cute ending, huh? It made me literally cry. Literally. <laughs> I bet it did. I almost I took a picture and I almost sent it to you of me oh. crying. <laughs> <laughs> and the message said I didn't like this issue and then the last page made me cry. <laughs> so did the last page make up for it? Um it did not. <laughs> it did not make up for it. I did not like this very much. Um I gave the first 21 pages oh, my, Little Voldemort's drinking my latte. Um, I gave the first 21 pages 4 out of 10, and then I gave the next two pages a 10 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> because it was very cute, and I was going to be really mad at Peter if he made... When he said he had to do homework, I was about to be like, oh, dude. And, was, then, and then, luckily, you know... It was almost but very it, cats in the yeah. cradle of him. Yeah. Um... But, but the, you know, it's you should you should take a picture of that screen and uh, and post it as one of our favorite panels, which I just saw something that you were doing. Yeah, this whole time. I like this page a lot. Peter and Aunt May both look really happy. Good. Um, you know what I'm noticing just flipping through here? When what? she was remembering the uh, the tape of the picnic. They got her hair color wrong. I think his mom is supposed to have red hair and Aunt May is supposed to have gray hair. Because remember, we talked about how her and Ben, you know, had gray hair, but were kind of hot. Now yes. she has just she just has red well, hair. And she's I, way okay, too hot. I don't I don't remember. You, I, I remember you talking about that. Oh, no, that's not how I remember it. I, think I remember you, talking about the hair color. You were on that train. Don't lie. Um, well, let's see now, you know, that kind of makes me want to go back in and, and look because I, I love nitpicking Mr. Transparency Digital. <laughs> yeah. And that's the crazy thing. It's a company. We don't even know if it's the same person for that company that colored both issues. So let's see. That's probably issue 33. Let's see, Zach. Look at that. Nailed it. Issue 33. Gray hair. Gray. Webheads, listen up. The hair's gray in the original. Zach got him again. 
Zach, can you get a little al- a siren or alarm bell that can go off every time we catch them? Dude, you're killing we me with it. all these sound effects I have to download from <laughs> sketchy sources online. Yep. What other ones do you have? Uh, the bleep and uh, rim shot. Nice. We haven't used the I rim got- shot in a while. Now you need an alarm. That'll be a good one. Okay. <laughs> For every time we catch Marvel with their pants down. Yes. <laughs> Please don't say that after saying rim shot. <laughs> they thought we wouldn't notice, but we oh, did. No. Okay, so what was your ranking? What did you think of this? I'm 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 more curious about that. Well, first of all, what's the scale? Out oh, of I don't ten have it. nightmares um, of Spider Man. <laughs> let's see um after 10 dead boyfriends dark <laughs> um no after 10 dates with your aunt yeah okay, okay. all right at the movie theater that serves pizza that's, that's how good that last page was i didn't even care about how uncomfortable it is <laughs> that she's like why don't you take your old aunt on a date that she Come calls on. it that, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it five dates with my aunt. Oh, five yeah, you didn't like it very much either? It's just... Okay, so, like, ten years before this, Peter David did this groundbreaking issue of X Factor where the whole team does a therapy session for the entire issue, and it tells you, like, a little bit about the characters. And ever since then, it just kind of became a comic book trope because you can cram a lot of like yeah. explaining and you know characterization. Well, I'll tell into- you what, I think that's a TV show trope also because I can specifically remember a Scrubs episode where they kind of did that. All of the main characters were like in a therapy session, kind of. And now that I'm thinking about it, also there's been like a Community episode where they do that. So, and I never Funny. liked those episodes that much. Yeah, yeah. there is a sunny episode where they go see a therapist. Exactly. For me, it's just every other time I see it done, I like it a little bit less. You know, I, I'd rather yeah. you get your characterization subtly in ways that actually, you know, progress the plot instead of jumping yeah. all at once. Yeah. Okay. And like you said, this is a hard look for aunt may i mean she's going through it but she's really you know yeah i like her more i don't like her very much in this issue it's it's not that we're not sympathetic <laughs> to her it's just she's very bitter be honest yeah she's very she's bitter it's hard down, to it's hard to enjoy these issues you know with the things that she's saying it's just upsetting yeah which 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 does make those last couple of pages very fun Oh my God, I, I would have just, my heart would have broke for her if Peter was like, I have to do homework. Bye. Ugh. Yeah, the ending okay. is very cute. Issue, four, issue 46. This one's called After War, Afterwards. And um, it's just by the, the normal creative team. Let's see if we can catch him. We might have some chances here because Zach, like the last issue... This issue is set in a similar manner where we are just hearing a character describe past events. 
Did you find that interesting at all, or did you put that together that both of these issues were very similar? Um, I did notice that. I feel like this one is different because it's recounting like a story we haven't heard before. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were Aunt May was kind of telling us stuff that we didn't know. But but yeah, I see what you're saying. This is like a She new... was telling us her perspective that we hadn't heard. This is a completely new set of events that we didn't know yes. happened. Yes, that's true. Um so, not to leave the listeners hanging. Um so we open on Sharon Carter and she is being interviewed about an assignment that she was on 2 months ago. Um or this is all happening 2 months ago. She's not yeah, this is a flashback. Something two months ago. Yes. And so she's, and, and the assignment is that she was supposed to round up Doc Ock. And um, she's telling the interviewer, you know, she used to answer directly to Nick Fury, but now he has a super team. So now she follows up leads on like genetic experimentation. And I think she was kind of sad that she doesn't get to work with Nick Fury anymore is what it seemed like to me. I think she seemed bitter that like because of the oh, ultimate she's oh, now definitely. no longer his his like top gun. Yeah. Um so this one that she's recapping for the interviewer, like I said, she need she's supposed to go quickly and quietly bring in Doc Ock. And um and then of course, as we know from the story that we read, so it does kind of start where we're just seeing these events from her perspective. The events of Zach, what issue is that? I'm sure you I just have it pulled ready it up. Us. Episode eight, Doc Ock and Craven Part Two looks at Ultimate Spider-Man okay. issues 19 through 21. There we go. Let's go. Good job, Zach. Thanks. So, so we get to see this from Sharon Carter's perspective, and her and her like van of agents are racing towards this press conference, and they're kind of like panicking because, like I said, they're supposed to bring in Doc Ock quickly and quietly. And then he holds this like massive press conference at Justin Hammer's place. And um, it's kind of funny. Nick Fury, they're like watching the events play out on, on the TV in their vans, Spider-Man and Doc Ock fighting. And Nick Fury calls and Sharon Carter, he's like on the phone talking to one of her agents and Sharon Carter's like, we already know we're on the way. And we can't hear what Fury says, but based on what the other agent says, we know he said, unless she's the one in the Spider-Man costume fighting, put her on the phone. Um, Zach, this is just classic Nick Fury. I could read it in Samuel Jackson's voice. But it's not ultimate Nick Fury. It, he didn't say anything no, weird for no reason. <laughs> That's true. This is like Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury. Mark um, Millar's uh, Nick Fury would have been like, tell her unless her sweet cheeks are the one inside that suit. Would have found a way to make it weird. That's actually exactly what he would have said. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so Carter tells the interviewer, because remember, we're we're kind of like in her memories here. She tells the interviewer that by the time they got there, Doc Ock was unconscious. But they were more concerned about a second genetic experiment that Doc Ock mentioned. And I'm guessing that if we went back and read that issue, we would hear Doc Ock say something about multiple genetic experiments. He was um, making a lot of accusations. Okay. So they're kind of concerned about that. 
and Carter walks up to the scene and now we kind of meet back up with where we saw her in the ish- in the first issue where she she kind of pulls the we're in charge here now and then she cuts the feed to this to the cameras i'm sure you remember that scene zach that that one was in the issues she's like your cameras are about to go out and then they go out it's awesome classic first read ultimate spider-man podcast moment folks you all remember where you were when you heard us describe it (laughs) yep episode seven or eight Eight. whichever you said (laughs) so later on Carter and her team of agents are sneaking around Hammer Industries. They're looking for the second genetic experiment, and they stumble upon a destroyed lab with three lab dorks huddled around a computer frantically. And Carter, I I call them that every time. (laughs) Science bitches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, science bitches. No, just kidding. They're lab dorks. (laughs) But I wouldn't call them that if that wasn't such a perfect representation because they are huddled around the computer and Carter questions them. And they tell her that Doc Ock came into the lab beforehand and they trash and he trashed the place and scared everyone off. But these three refuse to leave their experiment and they say they even live in the lab. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that this is. It's my curiosity's peaked. And Carter's is too. She asks, what experiment? And then we get a classic panel of an agent looking off screen and saying, uh, Agent Carter, you might want to take a look at this. And I can't wait to see what it is. And we flip the page and it's a naked man sitting in a cell. <laughs> and it's Flint Marco, who, for our listeners that don't know Spider-Man, that's Sandman. And he's locked in a cell. <laughs> Zach, what would you do if you were in her situation here? Well, I would know as a Spider-Man reader that this is the Sandman, (laughs) and I wouldn't open the door. Okay, what if you weren't a Spider-Man reader, and you saw someone in a locked cell? I would figure out why (laughs) they're in there before opening it. Okay. Well, that's why you're not a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, bud. (laughs) I know. I didn't make the cut. That's too many questions. That's too much book learning. <laughs> All right. So Agent Carter just immediately like opens up the cell and just walks into it. And she's she like, I'm Agent him Carter. <laughs> nice she, to meet you. She needs to tell him we're taking over here. Yeah. I'm Agent Carter and I'm taking over this prison cell. Okay. How are how's your day going? And he immediately turns into a big sandstorm sandstorm, and he escapes and he kills an agent on the way out. And is that what you were referencing when you said like, they'll like go up inside you with sand and like make you suffocate or something? What did you say That's earlier? That's what he did here. I mean, I would be more afraid of him like making me explode from the inside. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been rewatching the boys season two and it's so good. But man, is it graphic. I probably got that from a boys episode, honestly. Yeah, you you see that stuff a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, But it is really good. Sand people, so, like super people with sand powers just scares me because it's like they really can get in like any orifice, man. I mean, you think regular non-sentient sand gets everywhere and is coarse and rough? 
and you hate it. <laughs> Good great, luck. Great, great attack of the clones reference. What's that? Um, <laughs> um, so let's see. Where am I in my notes? Oh, this is so dumb of her. Shield is so stupid. And then Sharon Carter has the nerve to like scream at them and be like, what the, and she curses, but it's blanked out. What the F was that thing? It's her fault. She could have asked them that before she like, it's not like she just walked up and pulled a door open either. Her and her shield agent, like researched the guy, saw it was his cell, clicked the open button, and then she walked in. So this is totally on her. And then she's back with her interviewer and she has the nerve to say, this is, she's like retelling the story and she's, and she's like, you know, we saw all of this stuff about Flint Marco. This is information I got after the fact. Take a second and ask, you know, there were three lab dorks there that would have been happy to answer. So we learn that after she researches it, that Marco was a Rikers Island prison inmate for 50 years. And they say he was like the worst of the worst. He went on a crime spree. He like beat his girlfriend. I don't think he's like a guy. That's not that bad of a like Yeah. He's not like 75 here. He, I think he was sentenced for 50 years. I don't think he served 50 years. No, he was. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's what I that's what I meant. I'm sorry if I misspoke. Yes. He he's sentenced for 50 years for they say it's like the most dis- despicable human being he he ever met and um I'm sorry Zach. I just don't think that this guy's crime spree was that bad. And I don't want to get to a spot where I'm taping for someone who robbed a Brinks truck and then abused his girlfriend which is the worst of what he did and then he came and beat up a cop and put him in the hospital but these guys meet such worse people for her to be describing him as like the most despicable human piece of scum ever it does say eventually the cop died but i guess eventually we all die okay okay (laughs) okay that's that's fine that's fine i guess i still think maybe (laughs) they meet worse people but you know, maybe I'm also being a little, I, I like Flint Marco as the nice guy who just wants medicine for his kid. So, <laughs> so the shield agents. Oh, and he then got into some exp- genetic experiment program and he got experimented on. And now he's like Sandman and he can turn his body into some sand stuff. And he has not spoken since the experiment took place. So the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents chase after Flynn. And Spider-Man is already there fighting with him. And at this point, I was like, did we see this issue yet, Zach? I don't think we've had an issue with Sandman, have we? Nope. This is a total retcon that that night after fighting Craven and Doc Ock, Spidey stuck around and fought Sandman. Why would they do that? That's so weird. Why wouldn't they just make this happen in real time instead of being like, all this happened two months ago? Um, I think this is like a backdoor pilot to, or at least setting up Ultimate Six. 
because the reading guide I'm oh, looking that's at. That's what we're reading next. I think the reading guide that I'm looking at says that this is the issue right before you're supposed to start reading Ultimate Six. So I think it's explaining how certain villains are in prison to start out the series. So they okay. needed him in prison to start out Ultimate Six. So they have to tell the story of how Spidey at some point beat him and we didn't see it. Nice. I promise I like don't remember how this issue ends. <laughs> I like relive them as we're as we're rereading them. But it now that I've sat here and think about it, I remember. But um I was like, wait, but does he go back to prison? Or or did were they showing how he got onto the street? So anyway, Spider-Man's there fighting him. Carter shoots Flynn in the head. He spits out the bullet. It's pretty cool. And then he does a sandblast with his arm, and it completely consumes Carter and Agent Wu. It's pretty cool again. And then Spider-Man yells to him, Hey, Beach Boy, can you match this? And he's standing with a firefighter and a cop, and he's spraying a fire hose. And uh, it really goes to show you, Zach, that firefighters and cops are the real heroes. Well, Maybe even it, more so than Spider-Man is. Did it remind you of a certain scene with Andrew Garfield? Yeah, there's an Andrew Garfield scene. He's wearing a, he's wearing a hat, isn't he? Yeah, he puts Andrew on the Fireman's helmet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. He should have done that in this one, too. I know. That was a nice touch in that movie. And they should have left out the cop. <laughs> so, Spider-Man... Well, it's the fireman's hose. That's all I'm saying. Maybe if he wants to, like, grab the police officer's pistol and, like, spray it towards the guy also. Then what a that's funny fine. way for this series to end. <laughs> so then Spider-Man grabbed a cop's gun, and here we are at his funeral. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Spider-Man sprays Soundman, Sandman down to a goo, and then he goes to help Sharon up, but Flynn rematerializes, and he's very angry. And Spider-Man tells Sandman that he can feel his pain because he once had a little sand in his shoe, and it drove him crazy. And that's pretty funny. But Sandman doesn't think so, and he just smushes him with some sand. And then he's about to, Sandman's like about to clobber him. He's got his hand all big and the the lab dork shoot him with a gun and it kind of electrocutes him and knocks him out. And then Agent Wu tells them that they're under arrest for illegal genetic experimentation and the lab dork kind of cuts him off mid-sentence and he's like, I know. I got it. (laughs) Um, That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I like these lab guys a lot. I do too. They know when the jig is up. And one of them earlier, earlier when the agents of Shield show up, they're like, "We want a lawyer," and the other one's like, "Shut up, Jeff," <laughs> or whatever, whatever his name is. I don't know what it is. Just, I don't even know if that happens. <laughs> no, you're right, and I think it's so much funnier in those scenes when those little throwaway characters are just given a name casually like that. Yeah, it's the it's um, the hot rod. I give the old man a week. Really insensitive, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that all over again. Yeah, that's funny. So Carter asked Spider-Man why he's still there. Um, because he was supposed to go home after he beat up Doc Ock. You know, he said he was going home. 
And he's like, I was on my way home. And then I remembered I was in New Jersey and I don't have a car and don't know how to get home. So, and then I saw Sandman out here. So, and he, and he's like, would you guys mind giving me a ride home? And agent Carter says, no. And he's like, didn't I just save your life? And she says, yeah, thanks. And Peter says, so I can't have a ride home. Hello. Hello. And Sharon Carter's just ignoring him as he's saying this. And so he swings away and he says, so glad I could help as he's swinging away. Um, And Carter tells the interviewer that she didn't arrest Spider-Man that day because of Fury's orders. Um, Because he says, unless Spider-Man's being a public menace, don't arrest him. I also think it's funny, like, after the fact to be like, oh, yeah, I chose not to arrest him. I had... I would have had the situation under control had I chosen to. She did an ocular pat down and determined he was not a threat. <laughs> yeah, he's not being unruly right now. We'll let him. We'll let him do his thing. He did just save us the trouble of completely defeating Doc Ock and Sandman back to back. Well, did he? Because I don't really think he did anything to stop Sandman. The he science dork, with the hose. The science well, dork shot him with a power killing gun. <laughs> the science dork yeah um i mean he probably would have figured it out yeah you're right they kind of saved the day shield did nothing um so before the interview wraps up sharon carter wants to say something on record and she gives an impassioned speech about how all of these genetic experiments are are going to come back to bite them and it's wrong to be studying and duplicating these powers they need to destroy them. And um, she does even bring back to something she said at the beginning of the issue when she's talking about the genetic experiments she follows. She's like, I don't worry about the mutant gene. Those are like God-given gifts, blah, 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 blah. And then in this end scene, she's like, we're trying to play God and give these gifts that like only got I don't know I feel like she mentions it a couple times Zach I'm not exactly reading it but 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 I just remembered I don't know it seems like she, uh you know she has some religious um uh, like problems with these genetic experiments but anyway she says that they shouldn't be trying to duplicate them they need to just kill these people and not be studying them um and the interviewer tells her that her statement has been recorded and someone will be along to take her blood and urine john at your job do you think you could just slip into the end of an interview (laughs) yeah and also genocide we need to do some genocide (laughs) well so is she is she the bad guy here that she's like we just need to be killing these supervillains. we should not be trying to duplicate their powers we just gotta get rid of them you know is she wrong well, not about the not duplicating their powers, but also, you know, you can't just kill people, dude. That's true. <laughs> I think you're failing to consider I mean, that you can't just kill people. No, I'm not saying that she's right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of saying that she's right, though. You're being like Joe Rogan over here. You're just asking the questions. <laughs> yeah. I, it seemed like, um, yeah, 
I didn't like Sharon Carter that much, and I didn't really like her last speech, but she did say a couple things that made me like her. Like, I think she's very pro-mutant, it seems, because she even calls them, like, Homo sapien superior, which I feel like is kind of a badass name. Someone well, that's who's against like their, mutants. That's like their but scientific would, name. Yeah, but someone who's anti-mutant probably wouldn't call them that. True. They'd call them, like, mutant scum or something. Yeah. Muties. You know? Yeah, that's probably tense. Tense. What? <laughs> I've never heard anyone shorten the back half of that word. We don't like them tents in here. You get on out. You go to California. They love that pant ass up there. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Xavier's school for gifted tants. <laughs> um, so what did you think of this issue? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it better than the last one. Um, so did I. I'd give it like a six and a half out of ten genetic experiments. Okay. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Um. And I don't know, I, I thought about giving it a seven, but I didn't want to rate it too low. But yeah, there was some good stuff in there. It had its moments. It's yeah. one that I've like forgotten. Like most issues of this series, I think I've read it at least twice and can point out a scene or two in them that I remember them by. I'm going to be so honest with you. I didn't even remember this one. It had some good Sandman stuff in it. Yeah. I think because I've read this series, but never read Ultimate Six, I think it's always felt to me like, what is the purpose of this issue? What is it, you know, why is it drawing on this story that was long over? It's not building towards anything. And I think the answer now that I understand is it is setting up part of um, Ultimate Six. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're only in the main series, it just kind of feels discordant. And I would also feel very um, like I would want to see more Sandman after reading this. It's like how I feel when they have like like Geldof, you know, I, I even Geldof, who no one cares about. It's like, well, what happened to him? If we were only reading the series and they just like threw Sandman in like this and then didn't do anything with him, which sounds like they don't. I'd be like, well, I want to know more about him. He's never spoken. This guy seems interesting to me. What if his first words on panel are 55 fries, 55 Cokes, 55 burgers, 55 pizzas, 100 pies. So you've been watching that? Yeah, I told you I binged it. Yeah. Do you remember the Darmine doggy door? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. That that makes me laugh so hard when he's like... You're relieved that you don't have to go to work in the morning? What did they do to us? <laughs> I haven't been sleeping good since a dance instructor spun my wife around. Eight times. <laughs> I think my favorite one might be the, uh, I mean, the hot dog one's great. The, um, the hot dog one. Oh, yeah. Pay We're all forward. trying to find the guy who did this. Yeah. That one. The pay it forward is great, but I think I might like the corn cob TV 
coffin flop thing. Oh yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really funny one. They, they say, say I'm just some dumb hick. <laughs> They say I had to rig it. There's no way this many people are falling out of coffins. Well, guess what? We're going to the funerals. We're catching the ones where they fall out. They're saying there's no way one out of every four of them is nude. So do you know who the guy I'm talking about when I say the Detroiters is him and it's the guy named Sam? In a bunch. Do you? Do you, you told know me who he I'm... was the host. He's in a. He's in the metal he's maniac. Yeah, he's in a bunch of the of the different things. Yeah, um, yeah. Gosh, he's hilarious. So I'm trying to think of what my favorite one is. So what do you think of the sloppy steaks one? Is like a a, a fan favorite. <laughs> Slop them up. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Oh man, that's such a funny show. It's like I'm, I'll watch an episode, and let's say there's five sketches in it. I think about four of them, I'll be like, that was stupid. Why am I watching this? And then there'll just be one that lives rent-free in my no head. It makes me so happy. Well, you should, the next thing you should binge, it's only six episodes, and there's, they're like 20 minutes like that, is similar, but it's called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which I think I told you about. And it's... What's it on? It's Netflix. Okay. And it's like an Australian sketch comedy thing where they have like short little absurdist sketches. And, and I think it's really funny. Dude, Aussie um, humor and is you will weird. Pro- and you will probably be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And and maybe it'll like grow on you if you keep watching it. But did you ever watch the Australian version of Wilfred? Yes. Oh, um, is that the one with one? Well, I've seen Wilfred. But I don't know if it was. Did the you know it was? Version. It's like the how the office was originally British. Wilfred I'm was sure originally I'd... Australian. It's. I so... saw the one with Frodo in it. Yeah, no, that's the American one. That's good too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would say that's better. But the Australian one, I'm just like, this is a type of humor you don't see in America. Yeah, that's funny. Maybe I should check it out. I'm a, I I love Australian humor. I always listen to their podcasts and everything. I think it's so funny whenever they talk about like something from Australia that like only local people would understand and then they're like laughing about it even when I don't get it. I'm like this is good content right here. <laughs> I was in the bush and a dollywanger bit my ankle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great stuff. So anyways, this issue Yep, seven and a half and six out of half and a half. Good stuff. Yeah, do we have anything else about it? Mm, I don't think so. All right, cool. Sharon Carter is a dunce. Yeah, she doesn't she, make good plans. She doesn't come out looking too good in this one. You know, I feel like every issue we've read with her, she hasn't done anything of note. <laughs> it's more funny to make fun doesn't, of how she always acts like she's super competent and in charge. Yeah, doesn't she just like fail upwards constantly? <laughs> Isn't that her gig? Girl boss. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that she's done so far was the issue where she was talking on the phone to Nick Fury and he told her, oh yeah, Spider-Man already took care of it. And she's like, oh, hey, good job, kid. Like the one moment that she was nice and she's not even on panel for it. She just says it through Nick Fury. Wait, what? When he was eating General So's chicken. 
and he was talking to Peter about Venom, and Peter's like, I killed him! And she's like, hey, good job, Peter. <laughs> I have no idea. I, like, cannot remember this. Who's eating General So's chicken? Nick, Nick Fury? Fury? This was, like, not even a month ago that we talked about this. So where's Peter and where's Sharon Carter? She's in Nick Fury's ear. And he's like, hey, the Parker kid handled that situation. Oh, I I think I do remember that. It was not <laughs> long ago. All right. Well, this is first read, Zach. It's not second read. Okay. I'm not I asking... can't remember everything that happens. Okay. <laughs> Man, it's going to be real awkward when we get to the end of this book and we're like, okay, so looking back, what were our favorite moments? And you'll be like, dude, I don't know, this issue? The very last fight that happened was pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, that is is what it's going to be. I'm very, (laughs) uh, like, whatever that's called. Um, Well, what's what's next week? We get to do Sinister Six. Ultimate Six. That'll probably be my favorites. Yeah. Now, it is going to be a uh, three-issue episode. We're doing Ultimate Six, one through three. Wow. It's funny you mentioned that because I remember reading a comment this week from some webhead who wants us to start doing three issues a week. And I'm okay with it, Zach. I say, let's do it. Some oppen homie named I Am Become Death. I'm... Happy to say that I thought that was a really strange name. And then I saw something about that quote with Oppenheimer. And I was like, oh, that's what that guy's name was. Yeah. So this comment said, <laughs> do more three part, three issue episodes. I wouldn't mind a, a two hour episode. And while we are just tickled pink and so grateful that people care enough to hear our voices and our opinions on these issues that's just a lot of work man but we will yeah. do it it's only one more issue i thought we were gonna do it zach zach sent me the comment and i was like well i guess we're doing three issues now and then you were like i politely said no and i was like okay good i don't really want to do three issues here's the thing sometimes we'll have to do three issues because it's a three issue arc or it's a five issue arc but if it's ever like a six issue arc or if it's ever just an even number we're gonna do two issues at a time to make it easy on ourselves yep well said yeah but we still love the comments and appreciate it and it sounds yes. like next week we are gonna do three issues so there you go there you go you up and homie your wish is granted all right well if uh if you don't have anything else and I don't have anything else, I think. Nope. I don't, I don't have anything else. We'll uh, let the listeners get back to their day. <laughs> yep. Hey guys, thanks for spending an hour and a half with us, whether it be in the car or I don't know, on the toilet or wherever you guys listen to podcasts. I'm trying to pull up the, uh, <laughs> I hope trying not. To pull up. if you spent the whole episode on the toilet, seek help. yes and with that note thank you to with that note thank you to ian hickey for our music and Alyssa seaman for the artwork and thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment you can find us the first read ultimate spider-man podcast on spotify or apple music 
um, anywhere you could listen to podcasts. And you can also come and find us on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at first read spidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube at ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week. You know what? We have to name this one, right? What? Enter Sandman. Oh, that's a good one. Da, 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 wow. Da, 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 da. I can't believe we didn't play it at all. I, Dude, Metallica maybe, would maybe sue a baby. To, maybe you'll have to go and re-put that in. Yeah.